0: Hey y'all! Welcome to Cross Politic with the Water Boy. It's good to be with you. It's Thursday at this point. Um, my diet is going well, if you're asking. Thank you very much. And of course, I'm here with comedian John Brannion.
1: John, my diet's also going well. Thanks your, for asking. Your diet's I'm the- eating nothing but bread. It's the <laughs> pure bread diet. Just I have buns and French toast, and then a loaf of bread.
0: <laughs> uh, that's all I eat. That's all you're eating. And look at you, man! Look at your figure. Mm-hmm. So good and the Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> We also have with us uh, Megan Basham Is that is that is it
1: Basham or Basham? It's
2: actually Basham, Basham. I'm being told is appropriate these days but. Mm-hmm.
1: Basham That's a great name I wish my name was Basham <laughs> My
2: husband was a wrestler It was great for him
0: That's awesome So Bash the Patriarch right?
2: That's
0: it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, how'd your week go? It sounds like you guys got a lot of snow in Indiana. We got tons of snow.
1: It's great. Is that, supposed, a, is that
0: supposed to happen in, where you live in Indiana?
1: Yeah, it happens. It happens from time to time. But it doesn't happen with enough regularity that people have stopped being sissies about it. So everybody's freaking out. Wow. Oh, it's snow. And what are we going to do? And people went to the grocery store and bought everything. That there <laughs> all, was the toilet, was all the shelf. toilet paper right? Because they don't think that we're going to be back. We're not going to be able to get back into town till June now, so we better
2: stock up on provisions.
1: Yeah, We'll be okay. Best. This time next week, it'll all be gone.
0: Megan, I don't even know where you live, but is it snowy there? I'm
2: in Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte, oh. North Carolina, And I was going to ask him, I'm like, was there stuff, you know, to stock? Because I go to the grocery store and it already looks, we don't have snow, but it looks like we had snow. Wow. The shelves are all cleared out and there's nothing there.
0: Is That's not from the Canadian trucker convoy, is it?
2: I don't know. You know, that's supply chain. I don't know what's going on, but wow. yeah, half our shelves are empty.
0: Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah.
2: How
0: about that? Is that do, do you? I don't really um, consider North Carolina the South.
2: It's not you know I we lived for a few years in Memphis and yeah. that was the south That's, and I loved it. Yeah. yeah that mm-hmm. that was like sink your teeth into it south. Yep. This is not like that but but it's beautiful. I love it.
0: Memphis likes their molasses and their barbecue sauce.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I got to say Memphis having lived in both places Memphis kills Carolina oh, on yeah.
0: barbecue. Oh yeah. Yeah so. cuz the vinegar kind of style barbecue sauce nah. I'm not I'm not into it now. Nah. Now South Carolina the mustard barbecue sauce I'm that's into that. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. And
2: we're really close to the South Carolina line. That's so. true.
0: John, John, do you know anything about all the all the variations of barbecue throughout like the South? Nope. You can't contribute to this conversation <laughs> at
1: all? <laughs> nope. You guys might as well be talking about cars or spaceships.
2: You got the McRib up there in
1: Indiana, right? I do have the McRib. Does that count as barbecue? <laughs> was,
2: that's your barbecue.
1: I was going to bring that up. I was going to mention the McRib, but I figured you guys would laugh at me. That's funny, man. The McRib. Megan, don't ever
0: do that. Bring up that McRib in a barbecue conversation yeah. with me again. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. This show is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Support homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview and fellowship with other families. We provide Classical Conversations provides a Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please go to their website at classicalconversations.com. That's .com. Classical Christian. Get connected. Get community. Classical conversations. Com. Cannonball or belly flop? You decide. For thanking Christians, it's no secret that the foundations of American culture and society are crumbling. From the radical acceptance of LGBT plus, minus, equals, John Branion, whatever else you want to add their lifestyle, to the infinite selection of genders, we have abandoned any remnant of objective truth. The cancer of relativism has been making its way through our society for decades and pastors have refused to bravely declare the truth of God's word into this deathly cancer that is killing our country this is how you get side b christianity woke culture in the church soft complementarianism and women preachers in the pulpit the church was embarrassed of certain verses in God's word long before our culture started a little foreplay with relativism Another way of saying this is that the church introduced relativism to God's word. We started this. And then the world borrowed that play. The world borrowed the play of relativism from us. And here we are in 2022. We have to insist on two things here. And I think this is really important. First, so goes the church. So goes our society. It's not the other way around. And the second, we need to insist that we should have no problem verses in the Bible there's some hard ones, but don't have a problem with them. What is bubbling up to the surface in our society is coming from hidden sins in the church. From my own experience, I've watched church leaders fall into sexual sin and yet remain in the pulpit. The unaddressed hidden sins of the church are now on full display in the manifestations of our cultural sins. Okay, what's done in secret will come to the light and this Unfortunately, it's coming out in our cultural sins. How many preachers are timid to preach on the sins of homosexuality? Well, for that matter, uh, women who are busybodies in the church. Every pastor, um, every pastor knows that one text they are not allowed to preach on in their church. Every pastor has that one text, and they know. The modern Christian church is embarrassed of the Bible. This is why we have church leaders like Ed Stetzer, Russell Moore, be Anna Annabelle, Timothy Keller and on and if and if and if they do end up preaching from a controversial text they will apologize profusely for what the text actually means and then wrap up their sermon if you can call it that by giving you a moral lecture on how the church needs to be nicer that's what they do that's the leadership we have we've introduced relativism into the church with the text there's certain texts we don't want to preach from certain texts we ignore that's relativism we, we're picking and choosing that's what it is, John. What are your thoughts on that, man?
1: Uh, I want to know what that verse is that preachers won't talk about. Oh, yeah, you Are you to list a couple? Well, <laughs> uh, no. I would. I, I agree with you. It's it's interesting. Just this week, I had a run in with a uh, with a person on staff because their uh, long story. Their preacher has impregnated his girlfriend and so he uh, yes and so he released a video this week basically not even confessing he it, the video was was admonishing the church people or or asking the church people not to be too hard on the elders for asking him to step down he's not the pastor anymore but they're not supposed to yell at the elders and so immediately they start yelling at the elders for removing him from the pulpit because everybody sins you know jesus forgives us and so yeah relativism is a is a big problem in the church wow i want to
0: bring megan basham basham Basham. Uh, man Basham. basham wow it's you got two ways there, and I want to play with that. I don't know. I don't know what to I do. I know. Um, uh, first, let me introduce y'all to Megan. Okay, Megan is a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic. I didn't even. I didn't. Even, and, and the entertainment reporter for the Daily Wire. <laughs> in her previous that's very good in her previous role as an entertainment editor and podcast host for world magazine world magazine how about that she interviewed a number of a-list celebrities including coming on a-list water break show she has also written for the wall street journal national review town hall and her book besides every successful man was published by random house hey megan welcome to the water break
2: Thank you. Yeah, and I've given patriarchy, and I do it all from home, right here, not being
0: a busybody. Amen. Yes, yes. Very good. And and the reason why I wanted Megan to come on is because she recently wrote an article for The Daily Wire titled, How the Federal Government Used Evangelical Leaders to Spread COVID Propaganda to Churches. Um, What inspired this article?
2: Well, you know, it's kind of funny because— watching it make the rounds on social media there's been a lot of uh, accusation that i'm just sort of an anti-establishment girl and what actually put me on to the francis collins angle of the story was um i don't want to name him he he's, he's kind of deep undercover but a friend who is a seminary professor and runs in an establishment circles said you know everybody's having francis collins on you need to look into this guy mm-hmm. um, and i mean i knew him as the you know director of the national institutes of health like everyone else, I had sort yeah. of seen him hailed in a few places, but I really didn't know much about him. Um, and so this friend, maybe uh, two months ago, said, you need to look into Francis Collins.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And that was kind of where it started.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, evangelicals like Timothy Keller, or Rick Warren, um, they had been praising kind of Francis Collins for kind of being like a Daniel and Babylon yes. kind of figurehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, Francis Collins retired this last year and. And but what you zeroed in on was Francis Collins had came on one of Ed Stetzer's podcasts, mm-hmm. um, and basically to push the COVID vax. What happened in that conversation between Ed that really um, bothered you so much?
2: I mean, they they pushed a lot of things and uh, COVID vax, masking, masking children he, for the church,
0: a- like in church worship services.
2: Well, I mean, they, they, well, church, he was sort of saying, even, and this was the latest September, just a few months ago. I mean, he was still, Collins was still advocating, I don't know that you should be meeting at all. Um wow. Right. A few months ago. So if you listen to the whole podcast, and he was still sort of saying, you know, you shouldn't, uh, if, if schools could be super spreaders. We need to keep those little kids masked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the big one that connects to the larger mainstream news cycle was this idea. Um, that the lab leak theory was a conspiracy <laughs> and that Christians pushing it. You know, earlier Stetzer had done a Christianity today webinar mm-hmm. with Collins, where he Collins just very boldly stated um, that it was nature, it was nature-made, this was had nothing to do with the lab, that wow. this is a conspiracy theory. And Stetzer then went on to write a rather infamous now essay warning christians against participating in conspiracy theories yep. like the lab leak
0: wow. and
2: uh, yeah and it disappeared so when i started working on my story it's I been went, deleted I remember.
0: it's been deleted
2: it was deleted yes no notes no no acknowledgement from christianity today that this article had disappeared but the wayback machine the little web archive website
0: praise the wayback captured. machine yes <laughs> right?
2: so you can still go find it and was able to pull that up. And, uh, and you know, and not I, I'm, I'm it's kind of nice that you guys name some names because it felt like when you're a reporter, you're very specific. You get down into the details. And then when you kind of get into this evangelical swampiness, it, um, people get really mad at you mm-hmm. for naming names. And I'm like, well, that's how reporting works. You have to say what yeah. happened with who and when. right um, So I was fairly detailed in the reporting going, here are all the shows you went on. And since you mentioned Rick Warren, I just want to be very specific that... You know, these guys weren't just having Francis Collins on mm-hmm. as Mm-mm. an option or an opinion that you might consider along right. with some others. He was the authoritative source. Um, right. Rick Warren directly said, this is a man of integrity, a man you can trust. Yep. So that's, that's quite a ringing character endorsement.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it strikes me that um, those pastors would probably, I don't know, I, I can't say that, but... You know, John Brannion's little story just a minute ago with the pastor sleeping with the impregnating a girlfriend in the in the church.
1: Oh, I would yep. say it, too. And I, I would name names, except that you it, she's exactly right. You're exactly right, Megan. When you when you name names, then the 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 Christian will come at you um, viciously. You know, yeah. you're yeah. now now you're spreading gossip. Even if you directly quote what somebody said, you are gossiping, and it, that it's, it, it's the relativism that you're talking about, too. Things that, things that aren't even sin have now been interpreted as, as incorrect behavior when you're just getting at the truth.
0: Well, and what Rick Warren's become, what Ed has become, what a lot of these um, uh, evangelical pastors have become, they become like the pinnacle, the ultimate, uh, uh, the penultimate. How about that? Pharisee. <laughs> where they're sitting here talking about all these health codes and Levitical health laws that are being pushed on us through, yes. uh, you know, Vax or social distance or all these things. But at the same time, they aren't calling out the pastor who's having sex with this with his congregant. You know, they aren't calling out all these like big E sexual sins that are going on in the church. And yet they're all stuck on, you know, some sort of misinformation, whatever that's defined. That's defined by, I guess, whatever liberals think is true or faults, or whatever, um, and, and these pastors are becoming, they're the pharisaical leaders of our time.
2: Well, I mean, to kind of pile on that point a little bit, I guess, you go, so all of them were, you know, like I said, very... And then in the course of this research, you start looking at Francis Collins, this mighty Christian brother, this Daniel in Babylon, mm-hmm. and you look at his record, and it turns your stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about... For example he funds research into uh, not just funds it but has argued strenuously and publicly for fetal tissue research from wow. aborted babies
0: wow so
2: you know Christianity today said presented him as a a, a leader in the government who uh, believes in the sanctity of human life and i go that that's not how i define sanctity of human life wow um and and we're talking some horrific experiments uh one of them that recently broke involved grafting infant scalps onto rats um harvesting the organs of full-term babies. Wow. Uh, and that just scratches the surface. Then you go over the LGBT side where, you know, I mean, you're not going to find a government official in the Biden administration who is not fully signed on to that. And Francis Collins is. He's declared himself an ally. He's declared himself an advocate personally, not on uh-huh. behalf of his department, but he has personally declared himself that and then funded trans research into, uh, given money and grants to Researchers who give opposite sex hormones to children who are gender confused. And wow. a woman, a doctor who has performed mastectomies on children, girls as young as 13. Uh-huh. His department paid for that.
0: And and was, and did he, so did he, was he directly involved also in that decision making process or he was responsible yeah, so he's for it all? He was of it. Uh huh.
2: When I started looking into it, you can find, um, if you make FOIA requests, you can find the actual paperwork where he said, here is our like five-year initiative. We're going to direct, and it's his face and his little personal letter Mm. on the front of this little five-year initiative saying, we are working to direct funding to, um, to Benefit the health of sexual and gender minorities. That's the term they use, sexual gender minorities. So, you know, I go, I can't personally know what every detail that he knew, Mm -hmm. but we know he signed off on it and he put his name on these things. And we know he wrote this personal public letter saying, we're doing this because I'm an advocate and I'm an ally.
0: Were you ever able to get Ed to respond to your article?
2: No. And I, you know, I reached out to him. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, I sort of had a famous... Just yesterday, it's gone a little bit viral that I was supposed to have an interview with Collins.
0: I saw that. Um, it
2: was scheduled. I was sitting there waiting. Yep. Five minutes went by. I'm sitting in my Zoom room waiting, and suddenly I, I get a little notification. Click. Meeting has been canceled. So I wasn't able to talk to him either. So so far, I reached out to everyone. No one has responded.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I, you know, a lot of the, the evangelical leaders um, that are – kind of in the elitist category they don't have to respond right now it's in the same way like the liberals aren't really held accountable for their stuff and their lies and their flip-flopping and fauci's flip-flopping is because in some sense they're all part of like the same narrative um and so at this point they don't have to respond
2: i mean i i guess you know i a friend texted it was actually the first the first friend kind of deep in the bowels of the establishment he told me go take a look at this he said I think Francis Collins hopefully is done on the circuit, and I'm like, you know, if if that's the case, my work is done here, and I yeah. pray that that's the case. That you know, that's what comes of this. Maybe they'll never talk to me. Maybe we'll never, you know, they'll never retract those endorsements. But if nothing else, yeah. hopefully, um, Francis Collins is done. And by the way, the reason I was talking to him, we had set up this interview, was on some bio logos he founded that organization. It's a theistic creation organization, and they are trying to get curriculum into mm-hmm. Christian schools and provide it to homeschoolers to um, reconcile science and faith. Yep. So I felt pretty good going well. I hope also that maybe if the stories are out there, my story and hopefully some other stories, parents, Christian schools will take a, a, a more critical eye uh, when they yeah. see that curriculum past their desk.
0: Yeah. I know my pastor's written on bio logos and I'm not impressed with, with that organization and, them working with francis collins just makes it even (laughs) even worse um and stay away from their curriculum
2: organization he founded it so
1: wow he founded it yeah what's interesting is that the uh the the whole science and faith are compatible that that whole group doesn't and i'm not speaking to everybody there's there's certainly exceptions but there's a tendency to not go very deeply into the faith aspect of it. They, they tend to float along on the surface. It's like, we're look at all of these scientific discoveries proves that there is a God. You know, there is a God out there and it's like, great, but that's as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Then we start to talk about, well, okay, God exists. So what should we do about that? that's when that's when it falls off the rails and it's like well yeah. clearly you're not supposed to support lgbtq and uh, and abortion you can maybe start with that but yeah. but the theology the theology after there is a god just falls off a cliff there isn't any
0: well and it seems like you're already compromised when you're saying you're trying to reconcile faith and science hmm. like no, we start. Yeah, we start with. We start with God. We start with the Scriptures, and everything flows from that. I'm not trying to reconcile science with God at all. Yeah, um, God is the God of science. Um, science
1: works because God created it to work. Um, right. So well, and I think to be, I think to be fair to their, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say that faith is. Uh, is, is reasonable. Look, there's, there's evidence for God in creation is what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And, and we would agree with that. Yeah. But the, the problem is that it's, that's not enough to just mm-hmm. be convinced that there is a God because there's order in the universe. Mm-hmm. you you have to, you have to live according to the way that God wants you to live. Well,
2: and <laughs> my understanding is that they, you know, once, once you get kind of deep into um, the language of God, the book he wrote, and some other things, he he takes away some pretty important parts of the Bible, like a literal Adam and Eve, um, and some elements like that that you go the gospel and Jesus being the second Adam, those things kind of start to fall apart <laughs> yeah, right, right. once you take away a lot of the beginning.
0: Romans chapter right. four and five, or you know, rip them out. Um, that's it. so so is Collins not a six-day creationist? No. Um, no, no.
2: I mean, oh, yeah. and I, I and I don't want to speak too deeply about this because you know that wasn't really a purview of my article, so I sure. didn't research yeah. deeply. Right. But um, yeah, my understanding, mean, I'm quite certain he's not a six day creationist. Yeah. Um. Well, if you <laughs> if you
0: think Adam and Eve are not literal, then right. I've, everyone I've ran into doesn't believe in a six day literal creation either. That believes that. Um, I'm I'm uh, for our next uh, Fight Laugh Feast magazine, um, which will be out in March. So subscribe now. Um, I'm writing a uh, uh, it's on the politics of six day creation. And uh, my opening article is basically um, on those who subscribe Christians who subscribe to a non literal six day um, interpretation of Genesis are already going liberal. You know, if if you are gonna if you are gonna play with you know in the beginning God, um, then. You, then how do you know that Jesus was in the ground for a literal three days and three nights? I mean, you, once you start playing with little six-day creation back here, it's going to eventually, you know, um, when a ship gets one degree off course over two thousand miles, by the end that ship is way off course, <laughs> um, and that's that's what I think happens with Genesis. If as Christians, maybe maybe that maybe that generation that doesn't believe in a little six-day creation can keep their conservative. Um, understanding of scripture, uh, they might be able to keep it, but the kids won't. Um, it, I mean, it, you, 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 you will get off course and starting in, in Genesis, you're, you're going liberal. So more on that. Subscribe to the magazine.
2: <laughs> well, I was it was interesting. They, they, the press materials that they sent me for the interview that never happened. Uh, the argument for this curriculum was that kids are drifting away from the faith because they learn science and they don't believe that the science lines up with scripture. And so they drift away So you need to adopt our curriculums to, to keep them from drifting away. And anyway, it was interesting. I'll I'll send it to you guys. You can do your thing on it. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's, that's interesting. Well, well, thank you. Now, now we're, we're getting into, this is, this is one of my favorite segments here. This is news that John Branding can trust. And now Megan, Mm -hmm. if you can hear the music, I don't know if you can hear the music. This is my, this is my favorite music. John, can you hear the music?
1: No, of course not. Just listen for a second.
0: Just listen for a second. can you hear that? Oh, I can. I can. Yeah. Hear yeah. Yeah. But everyone else will be able to hear it just fine. There's what, whatever the, uh, the gate, the gate loop for, for you guys, you might not be able to hear, but that John, that's what makes, I've been playing every time when we do news, John Brannan can trust. It's, it's great. It's it. You got to listen to it.
1: That makes it, that really, that really does make the whole segment.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. It's not, it's not your take on it. It's the, it's the music right. news that John Brannan can trust. Um, we gotta start here. This is actually, uh, um, and, and Megan, just just so you know, like all this is real news. Okay, this is I'm, I'm okay. serious. It's not a, it's not a joke. It is real news. I'm so not- you can trust it too, Megan. It's not <laughs> okay. just me. You can trust. it.
2: I don't trust any news. That's
0: my job. But ah, mm-hmm. there you go. But you can trust John Brannan's news. <laughs> Wild pigs in California are so out of hand that lawmakers are considering moving all hunting limits and declaring open season on the hogs. This is news that John Brandy can trust. Now, listen to this. In California, 56 out of the 58 counties have wild pigs. That's a lot of counties. The swine are inflicting a mounting economic toll in uh, Lafayette sur- suburban East Bay where the pig invasion seems almost acute. <laughs> <laughs> the language that they're using to describe it. Before the pandemic, the city shelled out hundred and ten thousand dollars when pigs were rooting for grubs, turned soccer and baseball fields up like a like a rotor tiller. These these are wild pigs. The parks and recreation department installed fences around the fields to keep a and they keep a track a trapper uh, on contract to kill the pigs. Recently, neighbors have been waking up to find their lawns turned into clumpy heaps of sod and dirt. So what they did is they put a field around the public lands and pushed them all out to the... They put a fence around the public lands and pushed them all out to the neighbors. And, uh, and now they're destroying all the neighbors. That's in, that's in that county. Um, but here's... This is what you get with government regulation. You get wild pigs. Um, legislation proposed by California state legislator would remove a requirement that hunters buy a $25 tag... Okay, um, so apparently, you in the past, you had to buy a $25 tag, and you could only kill one pig. You could only hunt one pig. That was it. And so now we got the wild pig problem. $25 pig. Yeah, now you got the wild <laughs> pig problem. What do you do about that, John?
1: <laughs> what do I do about it? Yeah, I,
0: I'm going to tell I, you what Texas does about I, it.
1: I thank God that I live in Indiana, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that I don't. Uh, one of the reasons I'm not a California resident.
0: In a, a um, I grew up, Megan. I, I was born and raised in Texas. I now live in Idaho. Um, but in Texas, what they, they literally go helicopter hunting, and they'll take machine guns up in the air, and they will blast the wild pigs. That's how they deal with the, the, the wild pig problem in Texas. Dead serious.
2: These are actual. They're not like I grew up in Arizona, so I'm picturing like javelina. It's not that. It's something else.
0: It's like wild boar. Okay. like with like, tusks yeah, yeah i mean they're they're mean pigs i mean they mm-hmm. they could kill there you go
1: unless you kill them first
0: yeah, yeah. do nope. they
2: eat garbage
0: uh, uh they eat, pigs eat everything
1: they well, eat I'm everything what
2: well, it's california maybe they should let them loose in san francisco and los angeles let they can clean, clean up the up streets
1: wild <laughs> pigs in the streets of san francisco
0: <laughs> that is really good megan good work And in in la too
1: mm-hmm that's funny. What could possibly go wrong with that?
0: <laughs> well, it might be a better solution. John, you haven't you haven't given me a good solution yet. I, your solution was I live in Indiana. Right. <laughs> right. That's all. That's. I'm
2: just saying maybe we shouldn't see the pigs as a problem, but a solution to another problem.
0: And and if California, if that was a solution to California's problem, that would be uh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty
1: desperate. <laughs> have you
2: just... been there lately? <laughs> no. I have. You've, you've, the you've been there, John? Numbers?
1: Well, no, I haven't I haven't been there, but I've seen the pictures. And I think oh. the difficulty, the problem with Megan's plan is that no self-respecting pig would stay in San Francisco for very long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: News that John Brandon can trust. Biden claims you couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed. That's what Biden said. He actually said that recently. Um, uh, Town Hall actually tweeted out his kind. There's a video of him saying this and he and he said quote this doesn't (laughs) can't even finish the quote this is him i'm reading his words so i'm not making any mistakes here okay this doesn't this doesn't doesn't violate anybody's second amendment right you couldn't buy a cannon when this amendment was passed there's no reason why it shouldn't be able to buy certain assault weapons um i don't even know what to say but for the the, the, he, he said this doesn't doesn't i mean that that is that like two negatives or
1: is it true that you couldn't buy a cannon? No, you could. The second Amendment. You
0: could. The Second Amendment was not regulating uh, cannons.
1: Okay, so you could buy a cannon. Yes. Okay. Well, so what? Well, I don't understand his point.
0: He's making the argument that the Second Amendment should regulate military or big guns, like an AK or an AR-15, as he would think is a is a military gun. He would call it an AR-15 an assault rifle.
1: Well, if you had a cannon, that would kill a lot of wild pigs.
0: <laughs> nice, tied it back in. That's very good. Um, the Second Amendment. So this argument has the liberals have put forward this argument for a, a long time that the Second Amendment um, uh, can doesn't um, doesn't mean you can have military like a, um, oh gosh a tank or some, or or a military bomber or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm all for the citizens having whatever the military has.
1: You think we should have tanks?
0: It, well, I mean, that's that's part of what it means to to live in a free world and also to know that um, the reason why the Second Amendment was so important was because the, the tyrants had the big guns. Right? And, and right. so, and so, to, for for the citizens to be able to protect themselves, well, they need they should be have the right to have the same access to those who could eventually be tyrants over them.
1: Well, that's. But have you ever been in a parking lot like at Walmart <laughs> when those people aren't? Have you ever been here? Been in one of those? And people are not <laughs> driving tanks there. It's just regular old little hatchbacks. And goodness, what a what a terrifying place that is. So if you had a. You, you would have to keep escalating is what I'm saying. you mm-hmm. know as soon as as soon as as soon as some high school kid gets a brand new tank for his 16th birthday <laughs> along with his driver's <laughs> license, then everybody's gonna have to have one or else it's not going to be uh, it, it, it's not going to be possible to to share the road with people who have got armored vehicles. I, well, I, I'm not. I've got a pre. I have a Prius, Toby. What's going to happen, uh, Gabe? What's going to happen to me if I, if I sh- start sharing the road with people who've got you know howitzers
0: and. Well, the good thing is the tank should be able to drive over you, and so.
1: Good news for who? <laughs> Whose good
0: news is that? For the guy in the tank, you were being annoying in the fast lane, and so he just mm-hmm. drove over you. <laughs> Megan, what do you I think don't, about I don't this? I disagree.
2: I don't I disagree. That we can... I mean, if we can have tanks, can I? I, I got a lake out back. I want a, a nuclear sub, something mm. like that.
0: That go go deep sea fishing, go deep lake mm-hmm. fishing.
2: Mm-hmm. To go like five feet down in my little lake, right
1: by my house. <laughs> <Her> nuclear sub. <laughs> you
0: know, I yeah, I mean, I would love to have like a a tank. Would be so so much fun. It would it'd be great, but I mean, uh, so also to this, John, like tanks aren't shouldn't be on the road. They're, they're tracks. They would just destroy the concrete and the roads. A
2: recreational tanks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Come yeah.
2: on,
0: off-road tanks. Well, to protect my family. So if someone
2: <laughs> if
1: someone comes
0: on my property, you know, I got ten With a acres. Cannon.
1: I, I, Somebody I, brings a cannon on your property, you're going to need to.
0: You know, let's say someone even just brings a gun, you know. Well, I got a tank, and he's not going to come on my property ever again. <laughs> you could
2: just leave it. Par- I, if I see a tank on someone's lawn, I'm probably not going to try to rob that house. So.
0: That's true. Very, that would be a effective. deterrent. There you go. <laughs> that would. Be Mike. Mike. Drop. Megan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Beware of tank news that John Brandy can trust. Now, this is this is uh, as real as the news gets, and I got a, a little story to this. Um, it, it really is time to face the truth. Um pineapple and bacon belong on pizza together. Okay. This is true. And anyone who says otherwise, okay, this is actually an article and not the B and, and, um, doc holiday. I guess, I don't know if that's his real name but who wrote the article. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, it's gotta be, um, he's arguing that, that pineapple and bacon, um, are good on pizza. And I, I'm hundred percent for this. My, my buddies in town, they opened up a, a restaurant called Wooster's pizza, good pizza, But they're trying to do this like, you know, when those people open up a pizza restaurant and they're they're trying to keep it like authentic or, you know. Rustic? Well, or just like true to like. pizza? Yeah, like the artisan pizza thing. And 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 they won't do, they won't bring bacon and pineapple on a pizza. They don't do pineapple at all, period. They don't even do bacon. It's just pepperoni and sausage. That's it. I'm like right. I'm like guys you I, I so every time I go in there to order pizza I make sure I always ask for the pineapple and bacon so they they say we don't have that that's it so,
1: well I <laughs> and then understand. I walk out
0: no I'm just kidding
1: <laughs>
0: okay so see you later a, this is an
1: opinion piece right this is not this, this is not really news. news
0: yeah but but it yeah. came up and I was like I really I really need to address this with my my local buddies so I'm addressing it here on the water break <laughs>
2: to an audience of like three
0: is what you're saying that's right (laughs) what you guys don't like pineapple and bacon on pizza
2: do i absolutely we we actually order it like with pepperoni i don't know if that's weird but we do pineapple
1: pineapple pepperoni pepperoni. yeah Hmm. like you do that regularly
2: yeah regularly hmm
0: that's that's a little that's a I little weird, Megan. Like, I don't
2: know if I can trust anything this girl says
0: now. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Megan. She I'm not reading another Daily Wire article ever. Shot. <laughs> there
1: should be a disclaimer on all of her articles. I order pe- pineapple it. and <laughs> pepperoni and pineapple on her pizzas. So take go. everything she says with that understanding. That's great. Well I, I have, have a problem with pepper with pineapple. I'm, I'm do fine. you john i don't have a problem with it okay I'm, I'm
0: fine with that i was gonna say i was gonna i was gonna mute your mic and say <laughs> hey john john we can't hear him anymore he's, he's you're not,
1: <laughs> yeah you're, we're not on the same page about tanks but i think we agree about pineapples
0: so. <laughs> uh, very very good well uh megan thank you for joining the water break appreciate your work uh, for the daily wire keep up the good work keep raising godly yeah. children way to go
2: thanks so much for having me it's
0: been a blast John good to see you man Wait, can't wait for next week and don't forget we're going to be in Rapid City we're actually going to be in um, Dallas uh, Fort Worth on March 16th with a live show with Dr. Peter McCullough and Chad Prather we're going to be in Rapid City with uh, I can't tell you yet because we haven't signed on the line but we've got a great live yeah,
1: but he already told me so everybody's listening I already know
0: John does, John does know uh, John's going to be opening up in <laughs> Rapid C- in, in Rapid City, and then we're uh, Cross Politics going to have a live show in uh, the Monument Big Theater, about 1,600 seats there. We're really excited about being in Rapid City, and we're also going to do a God and Government workshop that day in Rapid City. And Uncle Gary is joining us for the God and Government workshop, and then that night live show uh, with Cross Politics and special guests. And then we'll be in Phoenix in uh, May. Can't tell you when because I don't have the date on that yet. But look forward to seeing you guys in Phoenix in May. So uh, stay tuned. I think tickets will be for sale um, on February 15th for our March show. And then around April, March 7th for our April 7th show. So stay tuned for more details. And tickets are going to go fast. We're excited about that. Until next time, love God and go fight, laugh, and feast. This is the Water Break.